What's up, guys? This is PC, and this is your backstage pass to the Green Room Podcast Series. What's up, guys? Thanks for listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. Our guest today is Nikki Miller, who serves as the principal at Capen Lopen High School out in Delaware. Nikki, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you taking the time. I know like summer, a lot of people think like summer is like time when you get to just do whatever you want to. But the truth is, is that summer is super busy, especially from an administrative perspective. And so like you're hiring new people and thinking about all the paperwork and all that good stuff that you have to do. So I appreciate you taking the time to be with us here today. And so we're going to start this thing out with a pop quiz. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay. Favorite vacation spot? Um, I would say anywhere that there is a beach. Gotcha. What I, about? I love to travel. There and you live right there on a awesome beach as well. I know exactly. So I can I can go to the beach in a matter of minutes, but I also love to travel. There you go. Um, how about a book that you're reading right now, or maybe one that you just finished? I'm reading two right now. Um, both are more educationally geared. One is start right now, and the other one I'm reading is eat more ice cream. Gotcha. I'm currently about halfway between the two right now. Nice. I've heard to start right now, and I've heard that's really, really good. I've never heard of the other one. What's that one about? Um, Eat more ice cream is basically it's all year long. It'd be a great book to do. I'm reading it to see if I'm going to do it as a book study with the whole school, with our staff, but it's about you know, being in the moment and working hard when you do, but also enjoying life as well. So it's a, it's a balanced work and life kind of book. Gotcha. All right. Next question. Best concert that you've ever seen? Um, the most recent concert I've seen is a Matt Kearney concert, and it was really good. Okay. Favorite thing that you did this summer that was not school related? Oh, I'm going to – it's sort of school related. But the, when I went to the Jackson's Renaissance Conference, I, it was definitely school-related, but I had such a good time that it didn't feel like it was school-related. Gotcha. Makes perfect sense. And then last question, if you weren't a teacher, you would be what? Definitely still something that was dealing with people and traveling. Actually, when I was in high school, I wanted to be in a Peace Corps. So that's very different from what I'm doing now, but it was Maybe I'll do that when I retire. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so then, you know, based off of that question, going right into the rest of our questions here that we want to talk about today, how did you know, like I talked to so many kids and they always, you know, how do you know what you want to be? I, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up, all that good stuff. How did you know that you wanted to be a teacher and get into education? Yeah, I mean, I really think like people say, oh, I knew I wanted to be a teacher from the time I was little. I didn't think that I was that person, but like when I look back and reflect and I think of my cousin and I, we used to play school. Well, she always got to be the teacher and I always had to be the student, but I was a really good student. And then like, I'm thinking, well, I remember in the fourth grade, I won this. Do you guys have D.A.R.E.? It's like a drug awareness program for elementary school kids. And I won this essay contest and like, there's all these really cool prizes. And the prize I chose was to be teacher for a day. And I'm like, I think that's when it happened. I, I could have got this really cool jacket, but instead I chose to be teacher for a day. And just like throughout, like I just see that I never wavered on my decision to be a teacher. I went in as an undergrad for education, 
you know, I substituted in college for spare money. Like it's always just kind of been later on. It just, I always knew I was going to do it later. I love it. That's so cool, man. And so now that you're a principal and so you've kind of moved up the ranks from teacher to assistant principal and now now being the principal at Cape and Lopen, what would you say are the biggest differences between being the principal and being an assistant principal? Well, even as from a teacher perspective to assistant, instructional coach, that kind of thing, like you always think, I always knew I was working hard wherever I was and then you keep working even harder. Um, so I had no, I didn't think of all the hours outside of work that I would work. Like I knew, oh, I'll go to events, even more events. I'll be present more, but it's the calls, it's the emails, it's the sorts of thing that constant working. But, um, also the biggest, the most important difference is as a principal of a school, that is the position in the school where you can truly make the most significant change, right? So whether it's positive or negative from that seat or that wherever you are in that moment, you can make the most significant change. I love that. So true. So true. One of my good buddies always talks about being the difference between an assistant basketball coach and the head basketball coach. And when you move over, you know, there's like six inches in between the chairs, but how big of a difference that six inches makes, you know, and it's just like the same thing holds true in so many professions and, and school is no different. And so as a female high school principal, you're a trailblazer uh, for all intents and purposes. Um, what kind of challenges have you faced or you know, had to overcome as a female high school principal in a field that's primarily made up of males? Yeah. Um, the biggest challenge is probably just knocking down perception. You know, it's like people meet me and they didn't know me previously. They're like, oh, so you're – first of all, I am the first female to ever be principal in this district of the high school. Um, and then I'm fairly young for administration. I just turned 36. You know, I'm a mom, like, and also I, I'm five two, so I blend pretty well in the hallway. <laughs> um, so it's knocking down that perception that just because I don't look mean and tough, like I am still, I can still run a building. You know, I can still be an instructional leader, and they kind of see females more like elementary. But once I prove that I can do this then I just, you know, I smile and it's a team effort and I accept that challenge and then I show them that we can do it. I love it. And so on the flip side of that, what advantages do you feel like you have being a female as the principal? Yeah, um, a, a big advantage is people. I don't know if this is true because I'm, I'm not a male in this position, but I feel like people will come and talk to me about very sensitive issues that I don't know that they would go to a male about, you know, whether it's another mom talking to me about something that she's struggling with with her child or whether it's a, another female in the school or male in the school. They, they just, I don't know if it's me personally or if it is that I'm a female, but I definitely get a lot of people who are willing to come and talk to me. And, you know, being a mom myself, like I use that perspective, you know, if a parent comes in and they're angry, like, they're they're advocating for their child. So whether they're right or wrong, that kid is lucky because they have somebody who cares enough about them to be angry. You got you got you to take yourself out of it and be like, wow, you know that kid really lucky. Yep, you're exactly right because there's so many of our kids that don't have that. Exactly, exactly. So you just got to calm them down, and um, you know all get on the same page. Right, right. And so let's talk about hiring new staff. 
And so when you're yeah. doing that process, and most of the time it happens during the summer, but sometimes things happen and it could be throughout the school year. But do you have like a certain strategy that you use? Are there certain things that you're looking for from your candidates during the interview process? Like, how does that work for you? Mm-hmm. Um, well, of course, you know, you apply and it, most people look great on paper, right? You know, you have experiences or you have this degree and this certification and, and that's all great. But I, I really look at the core values of a person. So I do my best to, if I can reach out and talk to them ahead of time, once I know I'm interviewing them or even like in the interview, like I really am looking for somebody who answers the questions in a positive manner and that they believe in all kids. I, I we, we can train you how to teach a different certain way or, you know, if you're struggling in the area, we can support you. But I don't feel like you can teach people to be a good person. And so that's really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who is positive and, and truly comes across that they believe in all students. Because if you don't have that, this isn't the school for you. I love it. So true. So true. And so then if I'm a new teacher and this is like this really hits home with me because a lot of my kids that have graduated are mm -hmm. now graduating from college. And so they're getting into education. And so it's cool to see them, you know, they're setting up their classrooms for the first time and the bulletin boards and all that good stuff. So if I'm a mm -hmm. new teacher, I'm fresh out of college or maybe I just moved to your area, like relocated, whatever. How can I catch the eye of an administrator to get an interview? Like what convinces you like you see something and you say, hey, I want to interview that candidate. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I mentioned the paper part first, right? Because that's what we read first. Um, I've had people drop it off and like drop off their application, even though they do it all online. They'll still bring in the resume and just say, hey, oh, you know, I really like to say hi to the principal to kind of put a face to the name. Like that connection is huge. Um, also, just like on your resume or within your interest letter, speak to the experiences and opportunities that you've taken advantage of, right? Because if you don't have you don't have the years of, of um, you know, service in a school. Talk about what makes you great. You know, if you've traveled and you know that second language or you've stretched yourself and went to a different area to learn about different people and how you can relate, like, share that. Because that's what we want. We want people who can connect with other staff members in the building, other students maybe that don't look like them or don't share the same background, and parents. You know, so we want people who are approachable and relatable. Yeah, makes perfect sense. What about like social media? Because I talk to my kids a lot about how basically in today's day and age, social media is your resume. Does that come into play yeah. for you at all? Um, absolutely. And we certainly look up, you know, we'll look and make sure that somebody doesn't have something negative out there too, right? Because you don't want to have to clean up a mess that you didn't know about. Um, use your social media to tell your story. Uh, and put yourself out there in a positive way, right? So you're—I've heard it often. You know, you're—if you don't make write your story, somebody else will. Sure. So share those pictures of you working with students, and you know, ideas that you've come up with, and pins that you have on Pinterest, and positive quotes, and that kind of thing, because that's going to tell a story that you can't necessarily say within an interview. Yep, makes perfect sense. Um, in today's world, educational world, it's so important that administrators are instructional leaders uh, because if you're not basically you're behind the eight ball already so talk a little bit about how you and your team help to guide and facilitate instruction in your building mm -hmm. yeah for me this is my area of strength so we all have areas of strength and weakness and prior to being an administrator i was an instructional coach and a teacher so this is this is where i feel the most comfortable right so like leading professional development 
obviously I can't be the know-all of everything. So then it's who within the staff can lead the professional development or lead the staff meeting. So I really work closely with my administrative team and the building leadership team to identify those people. And just the whole modeling what, what you expect, right? You know, it's like if you go, if you don't want your teachers lecturing, well, then why would you speak at them at a staff meeting? Yep. So if you want collaborative groups in a classroom, well, then in the staff meeting, we're working in collaborative groups. If you want them up and moving, you got to get people up and moving. And just like teachers say, oh, then, you know, I, I have a lot of kids in the classroom. It's full. Same thing as, in, you know, when you're having a staff meeting with 150 people, it's not always easy to get them up and moving, right? Yeah. So you've got to model that and, and always intentionally speak through it, right? So say, okay, I'm, this strategy was just modeled for you. Have you tried this in your room? And just getting people out there and feeling more comfortable with that. It's funny, one of my goals, and this isn't this year yet, but in the next couple years, I visited a school probably about five years ago where the principal was a tan taught a class, and I want to do that. So I'm a social studies content person, but I also have special education, and I want to tan teach a class in the next couple years. There you go. That's, that's the goal. That's big yeah. time. I love it. Yeah, because that modeling thing, like that's it's so, so true because... You're exactly right. We tell our teachers, here's what you need to do in the classroom. But then they come to a staff meeting and they just sit there and get like talked at, you know, talked to mm -hmm. instead of doing that interactive piece. So I love that. Great, great use of the time there. And so along those same lines, if you have a teacher that's struggling in the classroom, maybe they're brand new and still trying to figure things out or, you know, whatever the case may be. How do you help them grow and to maximize their potential? Like, do you guys have systems in place that you use to help in that department? Yeah, of course we have our or we have our evaluation system, but I feel like that's kind of like all topic data, right? So something's already going wrong. Um, but just being visible in the classroom and building those relationships with the teachers ahead of time, so that you you know, oh, this person is struggling in this area. So then, being a coach, right? So you know, okay, well, if you're you're hurting, let's say classroom management, I'll identify like three teachers, I'll go talk to the teacher and be like, you know, so-and-so is looking to get in some classrooms to get some ideas. Could I send them to your room? And that teacher is like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. You know, I'm a star in this. And then sending them in, okay, watch the class. Let's get some ideas. And then they try it out and then take some notes. And really, it's the whole coaching model, right? But the key part is, is you got to have a relationship so the teacher's comfortable with you doing this and not defensive, right? You want people to be feel comfortable and learning and being reflective and not automatically angry and grieving you. Sure. Um, and then and you want teachers to feel comfortable with, you don't have to be perfect. We're just, we're learning. And that's what we're here. It's a school. So why would it be any different for the adults? Exactly, exactly. And so do you guys have any type of like a mentoring program? Like how does that work for a new teacher that enters your building? Absolutely. So the state of Delaware actually has a requirement for all new teachers to do mentoring for three years. And so we have a system within our school. And actually, the mentoring for our district is one of the mentor leaders is one of our teachers. And so we strategically pair new teachers up with a mentor who is in their content area and who can support them along the way. And there's, there's a whole long process, but it's really more about just having a person to go to that you feel comfortable with. We also do um, new teacher meetings as far as like we have a whole week set up before school starts where new teachers come and that way they can start the year ready, 
you know, not they, their technology will be up and running, like those kinds of things. That way you're not set back from that. Um, and just constantly checking in on them, make sure that, you know, they're feeling supported and that they have what they need. Yep. Those relationships, just like you talked about, like that's, yeah. the, that's the huge piece. And I love too what you said about mm-hmm. the technology and having that ready to go for their email addresses and computer logins and all that stuff so that they can mm-hmm. get the ground running. Like that's huge yeah. from an educator's perspective. I kind of treat, at least here in our building, I treat the new staff members like I would have wanted when I first got hired. Right. <laughs> so like, what did I, I need in my email access? I needed my classroom keys. Like we don't hold any of that back. Yep. As soon as the board approves you, we are giving you your email access. You can come into that classroom and set it up in the summer. Like you have full access to whatever you need. And that way you don't feel like you're catching up as students are coming in. Awesome. Talk a little bit about some of the cool things that are happening at Cape and Lopen High School. Like I know you've got so many things that are going on, but maybe some of the things that are unique to your school, specialty programs or courses that you guys have that maybe are outside the norm of most high schools. Um. This isn't a program. Well, a lot of schools have advanced placement, you know, courses. But today was a really exciting morning because we, anyone who passed the AP exam, we delivered a group of teachers and staff and volunteers. We went out and delivered over 100 signs into the students who passed YARD. And it says, you know, that they're Cape student who passed their AP exam. They live here and a cool letter and that's just really fun because it's we're, we're celebrating you know that yep. after they took this rigorous course and they just nailed that exam um we also i don't when you came here to visit i'm not sure if you got to see the consortium which is a school within our school and it's for the entire county and the consortium is mainly for students with various levels of autism but also some other severe dis- disabilities and they are in each of our schools. The consortium is within our school. And the consortium students, many of them, take courses alongside all of our, their typical peers as well. And it's really cool because it gives our CAPE students a level of empathy that I'm not sure you can get everywhere else. So from the time they're in pre-K, they have students with severe disabilities right next to them. And they they learn alongside them. They support them. They help them. And they learn so much more by having that experience. And it's just, it's really cool. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That was something I always made an effort at least once a month. I took my kids down into our classroom for our kids with special needs. And it's just, it's just about that perspective. Like you said, it's like you can be having this, you know, quote unquote bad day, but then you go in there and it just gives you a perspective of like, well, maybe my boyfriend breaking up with me wasn't as bad as what I thought it was, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And they, I mean, our consortium students make this school what it is. You know, like this past homecoming, one of our students was um, nominated as Mr. Spirit. And we were in the gym for the pep rally when they announced that he won. And when you see 2,000 people on their feet, like, just cheering him on, and he's running around the gym with his fist in the air, like, it was awesome. It was like one of those things like should be on like the CBS news, like when they do that. <laughs> it was it was so cool. Right, right. Yeah. One of those moments yeah. that you'll you'll never forget that, you know? Yep, exactly. 
So cool. The, like when I think about the best administrators that I've ever worked with or seen and all that good stuff, they make a concerted effort to be visible in the hallways and in classrooms. And I know that's not always easy because you're getting pulled in a million different directions. Talk about your personal approach to ensuring that your time is spent building and maintaining those relationships as opposed to just constantly putting out fires. For sure. So if I am in my office, like working on something at my desk for some crazy reason and no one's in here and the bell rings, I go in the hall. Like the bell is my signal to be present. So I do my best and I'm making an expectation of our assistants as well that we're in the hall. We're we're visible when we can be. Um, And then the biggest thing that I do is I calendar everything. If you look at my calendar during the school year, every minute is spoken for in that, like, I calendar my walkthroughs, I calendar visits with students, like, I look at it, and if I have an open time during that week, I say, okay, well, at that point, I'm going to just go, I'll just write classroom visits, and I just walk through rooms and just talk to students and see what they're working on, and I just really make an effort to, to be able to make those connections. I just think it's so important because so often, like in mm-hmm. some of the schools that I've worked in previously, the only time you saw an administrator is if you were getting your, one of your formal observations, you know? Yeah, no. And I just think it's so important that you're in there on a routine basis so that the kids see you, so that the teachers see you, and they know that, like, you're involved and you're invested in what's going on in each classroom. Well, and, like, some, even, like, little things. So, you know, like, I've carried around tickets and when I see because I expect teachers are at the threshold of their door too when the bell rings right greeting the students coming in and you know thanking those who are leaving and so given a ticket when I walk by and I see a teacher there and we do a raffle at the end of the week you know something it's something silly it might be my parking spot because you know parking is kind of hard to come by around here so you know just little things just the positive reinforcement versus like always getting on people for not doing but recognizing those who do it, it's it spins it to a more positive manner makes all the difference in the world and so you talked about recognition which leads perfect into mm-hmm. the next topic we're going to talk about here you attended your first Johnson's renaissance national conference this summer talk a little bit about that yeah i mean so talk about that the experience that you had the things that you took away from the conference well, for one, when you take people to the happiest place on earth, Disney World, I mean, how can it, how can that be awesome? Uh, so seriously, though, like, just for me, it was the most positive conference I've ever been to. It truly was. And just every session and conversation that I had with students and with adults was about celebration and improvement, even on that. Um, you know, just being surrounded by people of a similar mindset was very inspiring and just that you can meet people from across the country and we're all like really same focused and that was that was really cool but my favorite part was that this conference like it wasn't for adults about students it was it was it was really focused on the students that involved adults and how we can inspire them to make their school better you know kind of it's it's we're not working for them we're working we're working with our students on how to make things better yeah and i love the student-led presentations like that was so great to hear it because they're not going to lie right you know they're not going to sugarcoat things they're going to tell you what went well what didn't and it was really cool to see that leadership at a student level to be at a conference like i was really impressed and now i want to do that next year of course there you go. Yep. You got to bring a big, a big crew with you next year to Orlando for sure. Yeah, I know. I know. 
So, and you talked about some of the changes that you guys have made. I got to witness, you know, this last school year, I got to visit your school two times. And so I got to see some of the things that you've implemented in less than a year. Talk about the plans that you have now for this upcoming school year and some of the projects that you guys have planned. Yeah. So obviously last year was a big hit when you came to visit and I was really impressed by our students and like how they just were flocking to us like with our ideas and it's like, okay, well, let's try it. Let's do it. Um, so this year, our theme of the year is going to be um, hashtag best year yet. And so because we had so many cool things, like I just, we can't stop at that. So as a school, we're going as teachers and students, we're going to set goals on celebrating our own personal individual wins, but then also celebrating others. And it's going to be very intentional. So, you know, we'll, we're going to work with the leadership team, and then we have a group of student leaders that are going to, this is new to us, that are going to meet regularly three mornings a week. Um, and they're going to plan out not just the quarterly rallies, but like other events throughout the year. So this year, this past year, is kind of like whoever came up with an idea, we tried it. But this year, we're going to add more, um, just more structure to it. Sure. And, you know, just so it, then we can make sure that it's it's intentional and people know that why we're doing it and that these student leaders are the ones leading it. So we're really excited for, for this school year. That's awesome. And talk just real quick. One of my favorite things that I saw when I came back the second time were the pennants that your staff members had made right inside there in your lobby. Talk about that and, and how that came to be. Yeah, so we're we're actually an avid school. So one of the things we want our students to do is think about college and their opportunities and where to go to college. So we had at the start of last school year, every staff member made a pennant of where they graduated from. And then we just had the question, you know, where will you go to college? And all our, each staff member, their name was underneath and then and their pennant. So we're actually going to move that even forward this year. We're going to take those and put them actually on the classroom doors, but then we're going to do some more with where our seniors from last year went to college. And we're going to have some posters made up of them and like celebrate some of the high SAT scores and not just, not just athletics, but focus more on, on the academics and celebrating that visually throughout our school. Big time. So we're implementing all these changes and change can be super, mm -hmm. super difficult to implement. And, you know, some people are like easy to convince. Some people aren't as easy to convince. Right. So how mm -hmm. do you approach change? How do you roll out these new ideas to your staff for the and to your student body so that you ensure maximum buy in? Well, I yes, absolutely. So not everybody likes change. Right. Um, but I took it was years ago. I was in a training and this uh, my leader was saying how there's three kinds of people, right? So there's your jumpers, the people when you bring on something new, they're going to jump onto it. They're, they'll, they'll join you in whatever you do, right? There's your thumpers, and they're the people who are going to sit back. They're going to see if it works and how it works, and then eventually they'll join you on this quest of change. And then there's a small population that she referred to as dumpers. And those are just the people that just thrive on negativity, aren't going to change. But what you have to do is you've got to get the majority, right? You want the majority to be thumpers, right? You want them to come over, but with a little hesitation so that when they come to you, they're bought in. And so the best way to do that, I've found, is by making having a, having a team approach. 
whether it's the building leadership team, which you want to make sure is not all like-minded people. You want people who are going to challenge your perspective, right? Yep, yep. And, and, and bringing those people on board because when the staff sees that even those people are bought in and a part of it, then they're going to make change. And you do the same thing with students. You don't just get the students who run for student government. You get the leaders of some of your more challenging groups, right? Because you can be a leader, not necessarily in a positive manner. Yep. And so just utilizing that. I mean, in a school that's large, you have to have, you've got to have a diverse group. And so just going at things as a team approach. And then the biggest part is if something doesn't work, let go. Let go. It's okay. For sure. Uh, yeah. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Well, Nikki, you are a rock star. And like, I'm so excited that I had the opportunity to meet you and, and get to work with you. Not, not just once, but I got to come back a second time. And then I got to see you again this summer. And like, I just love your energy. I love your passion. I love what you're doing for education and like your school and your community. They're lucky to have you there as their leader. Thank you. Thank you very much. Guys, you've been listening to the Green Room Podcast Series. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would do me a huge favor, if you would rate it, subscribe to it, and then share it with a fellow educator that you think might enjoy it as well. Chase your dreams, kids.